Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Wydell, and before we get started, if you want to know exactly how to win again and again, go to WydellOnWinning.com forward slash webinar now to watch something I've put together for you. Now let's get going into this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm excited this afternoon. I've got a new friend from Los Angeles. Jenny Goldfarb. Hello, Jenny. Hello, hello, Larry and your team, your audience. Hello. Yeah, it is uh, exciting to have you on because what you have done is so exciting. And you are the, let, you know, do the formal uh, bullet point checklist, founder and CEO of Unreal Deli. You're one of these veggie people, you know, I'm, I'm a meat and potatoes kind of guy, you know, and uh, you're one of the veggie people, but you have made it, you're a disruptor yeah. in the food industry and you are, you know, kind of like Kathy Woods is as investing with ARC Investments, uh, really pushing uh, disruptive technology and you're coming into a food industry who's had their own way. It's one thing to be a meat eater. It's another thing to be a chemical eater and uh, mm -hmm. a processed food type thing. And, you know, you go to the grocery store and let's face it, 90% of what's in there is bad and uh, not healthy. It's going to be, it's, it's sick creating, sickness creating. And uh, God bless you. You're out there disrupting the food industry with alternate choices and uh you know it's it's time for that and people are responding because i mean we're people are we're all eat up with diseases and everything we shouldn't have and uh you know the medical bills are going up and the thing uh, the bad thing is you get things you can't fix <laughs> you know you even go to the doctors i mean they they've got they, they can't fix things in their life with their families and everything so it has something's got to be have to do with the food let's face it folks you know it has to do with the food and there you got now we have jenny goldfarb and she is uh uh what she's got is let me just a little background she made her big splash season 11 on shark tank she got a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar deal for 20 percent of her company from mark cuban and uh, now she has grown her uh, business to where there are 1,000 retailers and restaurants nationwide where you can find her products and uh, nearing $50 million in sales, which is uh, November of 2020. So Lord knows what it is now. And uh, she's got a nonprofit organization that she's founded called Count Your Colors. And uh, we're gonna hear about all of these things, but Mark Cuban says, as a self-declared Delhi expert, I have officially placed my allegiance with Unreal. That's Mark Cuban. And uh, the New York Times says, the meat delivers on flavor. And a Delhi owner in, Manhattan says, we're thrilled to see how much folks enjoy Unreal Deli and the new customers we are seeing with this product in our lineup. So, Ginny, 
uh, as a, you're a mother of three, you're a wife, you're an entrepreneur, and you're dadgum good looking, you're young, you're energetic. Thank you. uh, how does this come? <laughs> how, do, how, how, how does all this happen, Jenny? Well, I like to give a lot of credit to the fact that I started studying spirituality in my early 20s and spent a year living in Jerusalem, which gave me a lot of sensitivity to the world and helped me want to do my part to make the world a better place in a, in a really sincere, soulful way. And so when I started seeing what was happening to our animal friends on these farms, it completely broke my heart. And then after I felt heartbroken, I felt almost hoodwinked to have been taken for a ride, to think that this was normal, healthy, humane, acceptable. Right. Like I'm looking around saying, who greenlit this? Who gave, who gave the okay on? We're not okay with this. Right. And so I told my very meat and potatoes husband, much like your own diet there, I said, we can't do this anymore. You will not be okay with this. He wouldn't watch the videos, but he knew how much he loved his own dog. And like, there's no way to equate any kind of animal farming, any kind. I mean, and I tried going organic, going grass fed, this, that, the quote unquote happy farms, whatever way you cut it, there was like neglect, abuse. I mean, so heart wrenching. You can't even like believe it. And so I wound up having to go this vegan route just because I had a conscience and couldn't unsee what I saw. Right. And I figured out painstakingly how to cook from the produce and grain section of the store to feed my family. And that's kind of how it all began. Now you had been, you had graduated. I've, I've, uh, I told you before you got on, I would, I, I felt like I'd been talking to you all afternoon. I was listening to some of your, uh, yeah. uh, you, YouTube interviews, but you had a business degree and, uh, uh, you know, like most undergraduate degrees, not worth a whole lot, okay. but yeah. But at least, but at least, you know, it's different than a degree in art history or something, but, mm -hmm. okay. uh, you know, there ha has to be some kind of carryover. So you decided, you, you know, you didn't go into business. I don't think you got married. Were you working when you were married and having three kids? We did you always have a job? What, how long was, how long, as long yeah. as from the time you graduated to where you had your third child, let's say um maybe 15 years and in that time i did have some different jobs that were in various industries nothing totally pertinent to what i'm up to now happy to you know elaborate but all that to say yeah there were times years that i wasn't working and i i i'm almost like an accidental entrepreneur in a way yeah and would you say you know what i'm curious about is when you look back and you you know entrepreneurs don't look back but if you were to look back growing up mm -hmm. were seeds planted mm -hmm. uh in along the way with people you were around experiences you had uh things people said to you possibly that you reacted positively or negatively to that kind of formed uh the the fertile field to where as you move forward in life that you were receptive to uh, moving forward and make things happen in your life, uh, not knowing what it would be, but sure. you're gonna make gonna make something happen. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, I knew I, I always had like this very fiery energy, and I was a good student. And my father was a bit of an entrepreneur, had varying successes with businesses throughout my whole, you know, growing up. And he actually helps me now in my business because he's got a lot of this kind of entrepreneurial chutzpah, right. and a gorilla entrepreneur. And so we we work yeah. together to this day, but um. 
but yeah, there were, you know, many endeavors throughout my life that I, I do feel like right before Shark Tank, I called my mom and my mom was like, you've been training for this your whole life. You'll be fine. <laughs> so I suppose so. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, were you an athlete? Were you a musician? Were you a, did you have your own entrepreneurial things growing up? Were you competitive? I was competitive. I definitely was a bit of an athlete, played a lot of years of softball. Um, I was on like the debate, you know, group there, club in school. And so I definitely enjoyed, you know, speaking, standing up for my cause. And yeah, I suppose that all went into this. Of course it did. Yeah. Yeah, I tell people that I was not, no one ever mistook me for a, uh, a college level athlete or or beyond, but uh, so I wasn't that kind of athlete, but I was enough of an athlete to learn that I like winning better than losing. And so any kind of experiences you have growing up like that, where you get a chance to taste how bad it is to be denied on things you want, and then how good it feels to actually accomplish something along the way, uh, that, that, because in doing that, you can't help but learn things and mm -hmm. you can't help but build relationships and kind of learn how to discipline yourself, kind of knock off your rough edges to where you'll work with other people well and you know, where people will tolerate you enough mm -hmm. where you can actually build a team. Mm -hmm. And so talk about uh, this drive. Were, were you always a big cook? Was that was that the main? What, what's the main thing about you growing up? Your the defining yeah. thing about Ginny Goldfarb. Mm. Well, I was definitely a little bit of like teacher's pet ish, and always kind of wanted to be great, and in that sense, competitive. And I, you know, of course, like in my middle school years, I realized that could like work against you because that doesn't make you like look cool and popular. You know what I mean? So I had to like. Right come up with a new strategy. So I was always just trying to figure out how to like fit in and be liked, but also do well, you know, to be a good student and to then later that translated to like be a good person in a, in a really deep way. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and the idea of moving up and making an impact and basically be responsible. You know, when you saw, you started having these awarenesses about food, it wasn't like, well, huh, you know, that's interesting. That's an interesting little tidbit. Uh, you know, I, I saw that movie and now on other things, it was like, no, that uh, touchstone inside of you said, I got to do something about it. Were you ever, a, were you a big cook? So I actually was never a cook growing up. My mother wasn't much of a cook, but I mentioned to you that when I was in my early 20s, I started getting into spirituality. It happens actually through my local Hillel, a little Jewish group on, on my university campus there. And through that, I had some friends that were celebrating Shabbat. And so the big social activity, this was how I used to party in college, was having Shabbat meals with like 20 and 30 people. And so I learned how to like cook for a crowd and some culinary skills in that. I was baking my own bread. And what I think was even more valuable than any business education that I had really, you know, because it made me comfortable in the kitchen. And that gave me the confidence to like, all right, let's, we're not gonna throw out all the animal products. How are we gonna cook now? But I was already, comfortable with measurements and different ways of cooking and and loving it so yes yeah now were you in la all of this time yeah. uh with your children or where where were what, what's yeah. the geography the geography on this thing sure. i heard something about chicago no not chicago but i was born in new york city and okay. i like to say that that like pulses through my veins to this right. day was of course why i love a good deli sandwich in the first place to even get me here at all yeah. 
And, and I have a very like New York family, even though I was a baby when we actually moved to South Florida at like 10 years old, I'm still on videos with the thickest New York accent you can imagine. So I, I played were that. You in the, were you in the city? Were you guys were in the city? Yeah, or? I was born yeah. at NYU Medical, lived right in the city just for a bit. Yeah. And then as a baby, right. mostly raised in South Florida. But then I lived in my, I lived in New York for seven years in my twenties. So that also, you know, whatever. Right, yeah. in the city. Um, but, but I've been in LA for just almost a decade now, married with my three kids. Hey, listen, there's a lot of information online, but there aren't a lot of people who have actually done something. In my case, I've actually built a successful business that's accrued over $5 billion in assets under management and has done well even during trying times. Now, if you want to know exactly how I've done this, go to whiteellenwinning.com forward slash webinar now. I've compressed a decade of learning into five short weeks just for those of you who want to give yourself an incredible advantage and are tired of waiting and watching others move up. Okay. And uh, I... I misunderstood where that kitchen was, where you got the start and you went, mm. one of the things when you were saying, how could I take this? You know, you, you started locally, you know, it's kind of like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones talk about like, you know, they wanted to get successful in their neighborhood and then their, their town and then their region and then kind of move ripple out, like throwing a stone into a pond. That's what you, I heard in in your you basically we don't know how people are going to respond how big you know you get an idea you don't know how how people are going to respond how big it can be but you uh you know you keep pushing the envelope you know until you you see you know you, where's the edge of this thing and so eventually along the way you got the point where i need oh the mother-in-law talk about the mother-in-law totally. story yeah. so when i became vegan uh I have these young kids and a husband. And so there's just a natural thing, I think in, I don't know, Jewish families, maybe all families were like, there's always like a little like mother-in-law or something. So yeah. that was always like a little bit of regular negotiating. But then when I became vegan, it's interesting when someone becomes vegan, other people get like oftentimes very offended by it because right. it certainly makes it feel like, like, like you're judging them or like yeah. they should now be culpable. It's like nothing, there's no other controversial diets as much as this. You tell someone you're doing yeah. on the keto diet, the Miami, they're like, great, good luck. I say I'm going vegan. Suddenly my in-laws are like, my mother-in-law's like, how are they getting enough calcium? Where's all the pro? Like nobody was asking me that question when I was giving them mac and cheese <laughs> all day long. You know, there was never a question. Now suddenly <laughs> I have to answer every vitamin, okay, and mineral. Now uh, they're worried about the calcium. Exactly, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, it turns out a lot of vegan foods have a ton of calcium. But anyway, all of this to say, they were such critics of mine that when I had made this corned beef for my own family's enjoyment and for my little food blog, they tasted it. They were visiting from Arizona at that time. And they said, this is so amazing that you should make a business. It's that good. And I was like, wow, these guys were like big haters five minutes ago. And now they're telling me, I was like, is this just, they just messing with me? And then enough other people, friends and family, always, you got to start local. So yeah. it's so great that uh, it pushed me to send a couple of emails, which became pretty Wow. Yeah. Wow. And one of the things, and I thought, I, I thought, I can, I can imagine your mother-in-law, like, you know, I knew something was wrong with this woman and hey, uh, I never, I never could put my finger on it, but right. now, now we know it finally emerged on the third child, <laughs> That's the, vegan, the vegan thing emerged. Exactly. And so, so they were probably with great dread on the plane. Yeah. 
coming to coming to see worried about what kind of food you were going to put in front of them. 100%. And so they were not they were not inclined to be your your uh, boosters on this, but it was a spontaneous thing. And there, there's really there's really in life, no matter how much money now you make or awards you might thing or this that the other there things like that are worth everything i mean you, you don't you don't you don't beat that do you exactly right. like mark cuban likes it that's fine but my mother-in-law oh hello now oh yeah it was like another level of joy over that for sure yeah everything else is just gravy you know mm -hmm. so uh now but you got to move forward and and yep. it's a trouble it's kind of like if you were a uh singer and you had a hit album uh now you got to do it again you know it's like oh geez and, and so you've got this breakthrough with the uh you know you you've rung the bell you know you 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 got the, the mother-in-laws uh on your team but yeah. now like what am i going to do with this thing and how can i take this commercial and you did what people should do go to no matter you know says in ecclesiastes if there's nothing new under the sun whatever yeah. problem you've got wherever you know whatever you're you're wondering about there's somebody out there who has gone through it who can show you the ropes if you will you know seek and you'll find type thing so you went looking for answers yep. and you found someone who had done that and talk about that experience sure so i realized i just wanted to get a little piece of advice information that could lead me to the next step on my way or maybe not and so i reached out to one woman that i knew in the vegan universe in la and i said do you know anyone who has a food business i'd love to just share a sandwich and pick their brain for a half hour she goes sure i know this lovely woman like 20 30 minutes from where i live go to her i brought a sandwich we ate it together she says it's delicious what do you want to do with it i said well i'd love to try and make it and sell it and i don't know what comes next and she said to me, well, we have a tiny commercial kitchen right here in the office and uh, you could rent it for $25 an hour. And from that moment on, I've been in commerce, but that also required that I had to do all of the heavy work of picking up all the ingredients, bringing equipment, like my Vitamix, like every time I would go there, would cook for a long day, would wash the dishes. And then in the days I wasn't doing that, I'd be driving around Los Angeles with little sample sandwiches for delis to try and move this thing. Yeah, in spite of being a mom of three kids. And, I had a uh, mom of two at the time and I was pregnant. I don't know if that maybe even makes it even more crazy. You were trying to make, you were you were just trying to up the degree of difficulty, weren't you, at all, exactly. at all times? <laughs> raising bars, that's all. Uh, raising the bars. Now, <laughs> now, the thing is, you know, I don't know if you feel this way, but people ask, you know, how did you do this and the other? And you look back and you say, how did I do that? You know, and it's like, uh, in fact, I don't think I could, I don't think I did it really. But then you look at somehow you must have. But when you look back on how you did it, mm -hmm. it was just you. The thing is, when you're starting out with a great idea, there is no team, there is no revenue, uh, there is no proof. Yeah, there is no real monetary proof of concept. You know, you get a feedback proof of concept people like it it's unbelievable i can't you know but there's another big long step until you get money coming in from it you know where you becoming that that's commercial that's professional and it's another thing to where it's steady money because you got to get to the steady money phase before you can start adding on staff <laughs> And it's, until until that time you're you're the mule you know you're the mule you're the ceo you're the creator you're the michelangelo yep, and investor 
would you agree with this? My, my advice for people is go round the clock during that phase so you can get it behind you as fast as possible. Hmm, I do agree with that. I, I still love taking off that one day for Shabbat. I think there's a definite need for one day to recalibrate yourself. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, if you're not living, breathing, loving it, dreaming of it, then probably not like, you know, your greatest, but I, people are often like, well, how do you figure out what is that passion? And it's like, well, you have to keep doing it. It's not like you're going to find it under a rock somewhere. You're going to find it because you keep working at it. And if you love that thing that you're working at, it will pour out of you and people will want to buy it before they even try it. Yeah. And uh, that's where a lot, most people go wrong is they never really get sure. In fact, I'll tell you something. I get a call from a friend of mine. Actually, he's just closing in on going over a million dollar a year income in his business, but his kids have grown up and now he's at the point where his wife is saying, you got to get a hobby now. You know, you can't be a maniac working around. So he's calling, he says, uh, I need a hobby. And he said, you know, everyone says call you because, you know, I bore so quickly, I wound up doing a little of everything in my lifetime. And so he said, everyone says, call you, Larry, and you'll, you know, you're the master of recreation. And I, and so we went through this whole thing. I, I said, well, what is it you want to do? He said, he just kept talking about football, football, football. And he said, it's only five months a year. And he said, I, I don't know what to do with the other seven months a year. He said, should I get a guitar and practice, learn how to play the guitar? I said, do you like the guitar? Are there any guitar songs that you can't get out of your head? <laughs> I said, can you, I said, do you know what learning to play the guitar is? You're sitting in a room by yourself practicing. And uh, I said, do you want to do that seven uh, months a year? And so what we came up with, and I said, you live on a golf course. You like to play golf. Get your butt out there and meet some other guys who love football as much as you. And that way, as you go through the year, you can talk about the draft. You can talk about the trades. You can talk about, you know, who signed high school guys signed for this college and all that. And I said, you can be doing football 12 months a year. You're just out, you know, out of the house playing golf, meeting new friends. But the thing is, most, you know, he could have just as easily been talked into going down to Guitar Center and getting a guitar and starting lessons and wasted a year or two, you know, and, but people once you got an incredible advantage when you can lock in on something you're passionate about right from the beginning. Isn't that right? Totally. I mean, that's like this whole like it's, it's like an energy and people want to be in on that. Yeah. Well, what would you say? I, I really enjoyed. uh talking with you and getting to know you a little bit. Uh, what would you say, I think it's time for us to kind of wrap this episode up, but what would you last kind of comment you would have for people listening to this and they have a passion, they want to lock in and make something, you know, get going on something they could be really excited about and they can feel like it's worth it because they love it. And yeah. uh, it's going to have value, not just making money, but another value out there. So sure. Sure. What, what would you say? What kind of last word? Give you a last word on that. Totally. So my biggest piece of advice, it's not rocket science. It's to actually do it, to make it, to create it, to share it with the closest people to you. And then keep going, as Larry said, you know, one level out and one level out. And at the beginning, we're not looking to sell it on day one. We're looking to ask for feedback. Do people love it? What would they like better? What if it was more like this? How to ask a series of questions and then keep getting back at it until you make something that 
people are really loving far and wide. And then one level at a time, like for me, it was like sell it at the local deli. And then from there, we could start talking to Whole Foods Net Regional. And then from there, you know, one step at a time, but start close to home and just start actually doing it. Phenomenal advice from Jenny Goldfarb. Thanks so much. And can't wait to uh, talk with you again soon. Yay. If you enjoyed what you've heard and are dead serious about finding out for yourself exactly how this works in the real world, I've taken the most valuable business lessons I've learned over 40 years and put them into something for you to watch. Go to whiteellenwinning.com forward slash webinar now in order to move up as fast as possible. I'm Larry Wydell, and I run the Million Dollar Mastermind. Go, go, go.